0: Another episode today we have a guest with us this is cody we uh met cody through band and so we're both we're all three in the sdmb but cody is a little bit special because he doesn't play your standard instrument so cody i'll let you explain
1: yeah hey everyone um first of all thanks for having me on this week excited to be here and and yeah i'm not a traditional i guess you could say Marching band member. I'm actually a uh, baton twirler. I've been a baton twirler for 15 years, and I'm a, a four time world champion for competitive baton twirling. And yeah, it's been my life since I was seven years old.
2: I was going to say, we're in the presence of a celebrity, a twirl, celebrity, if you
1: know, There you go. As there they
2: say go. in the twirl community, the twirly community.
1: <laughs> they do.
0: <laughs> it's all very impressive I'm sure anyone who's seen like a SDMB video on YouTube or what have you like Cody is right there in the center doing his thing uh, very hard to miss but it's super cool to watch I know I was floored the first time I saw yeah. it, I didn't even know exactly what twirling or baton any of that was I saw it in parades every once in a while but we were like practicing pregame or something and all of a sudden I see the stick go high into the air I'm like what is going on it's just yeah. Cody. Don't worry.
2: <laughs> I was the. That was the first time I had ever seen it in person too. Was when I saw the three of you guys because I had only seen, unlike in Miss Congeniality, one of the talents that one of the girls does is baton twirling. And I like that was my only reference for baton twirling ever, and obviously the girl who does it in the movie is not good at it, like at all. <laughs> and so it was it was really cool to see people that were so good at it. And yeah, we get distracted all the time. Like we're supposed oh. to be doing our thing, and if like Cody or one of the other trolls is right next to us, we can't pay attention. Like we have to look, <laughs>
0: to look at you guys. It's super
1: cool.
0: So yes.
1: yours go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a, a lot of times when you know we try 12 for someone or you know, coming to the marching band like it's a lot of people have never seen baton flying before. So it's kind of like their first introduction to it. It's, it's not at every high school marching band. It's very rare to have one in high school. There are a lot of college marching bands have them, but not every college has them. And um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big community, but it's also a really, really small sport. So that, that's the interesting thing. I feel like it's, it's cool to be able to, um, you know, introduce people to it. Uh, a lot of times that have never heard of it and have never seen it before.
0: Yeah. yeah, and like you mentioned, it's so small. That almost means it's more competitive because everyone who does it is already at such a high level and so in that niche. So it's even more impressive that you've been able to go to all these world championships, get titles there, um, making ASU proud, making all of us proud. So that's Because really cool.
2: ASU, correct me yes. if I'm wrong, Cody, but we have like, we only recruit world champions because like Emma, Kylie, and you, and then I think the coach... You guys all have won huge titles.
1: Yes. Yeah. It, it, Arizona State is notorious for having uh, one of the top twirling programs in the country. So it was it was an honor to be a part of that and, and rep, re- represent, you know, Arizona State University in the twirling world. So, uh, yeah, notorious for having a really high caliber level of uh, baton twirlers.
2: Yeah, and even cooler than that, Cody's a local, so he didn't even have to go anywhere, making, not only making ASU proud, but Arizona proud, since you grew up here.
1: Right, yes, yeah, definitely, Arizona State, I mean, I lived always, you know, 20, 25 minutes away from it, grew up a big Arizona State fan, you know, my dad was a big Arizona State sports fan, so always had the football game on, I was always watching the basketball games, so there's always a goal of mine, you know, to fall for them. So to make that reality uh, and represent, you know, Sun Devil Athletics was dream come true.
2: Was ASU always kind of the plan, the focus, or did you consider going to any other schools while you were like in high school thinking about college?
1: Yeah, there was definitely, I had some interest definitely from some other schools, but I, I think Arizona State being School of Innovation, they really – uh respected my my unique kind of innovative kind of twirling style with the breakdancing and the hip hop with it so that kind of made it a natural I think to go there in addition to you know it it being in my backyard and like I kind of said being a fan of the school Um, so kind of for all those reasons I think it was just like a no brainer to, to go to ASU.
2: Yeah. So not only as Cody just mentioned, not only is he a celebrity, but he's also an innovator in the world of twirling truly having, because also since like we've become friends and like watching the twirlers, like I've gone and watched like various twirling videos and especially on like TikTok and re- reels and things. And there is no one in the world that twirls like Cody. He has his completely own unique style, which is so, so cool. Um, and Yeah, I don't know if you want to like talk about that because I know that was an evolution of kind of how you developed your style and brought in more of the dancing and you did outside training and stuff. So I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit.
1: Sure, yeah, I'd love to. Um, Yeah, so kind of always from the beginning i from being a baton twirling I, I always felt like i had i was kind of different than the other twirlers i mean at least even first being a guy, a guy in the sport too it's it's definitely still a female dominated sport even though interestingly enough you know talking about marching band the reason baton twirling as a sport started was because of the drum majors um, and it was all it was all guys all males that started baton twirling but then it became a female dominated sport so That's kind of an interesting thing. But because of it, you know, being a female-dominated sport, um, I always kind of, you know, twirled differently, twirled with more power, more speed. So I always kind of, from the beginning, had a little bit of a different style. But then I really kind of, when I really started to, you know, uh, add these different art forms into the baton twirling, came uh, when I was on America's Got Talent. Uh, In 2016, I was a freshman in high school. And the thing about that show is, like, every round, they want you to, like, reinvent yourself you know, what else can you do? How can you take it to the next level? So uh, kind of in that, you know, second round, I started thinking about, you know, how could I add something into my twirling? And I've kind of toyed around with like dancing with the baton and stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm going to really try this. It got into shuffling was like the reason I started incorporating things at the time. That was a big uh, dance style. that was really popular. So I added some of those moves into my second round for America's Got Talent. And that was kind of like the blueprint now of, I, I figured out kind of how to mix the dancing with the baton twirling. And then um, really to kept kind of progressing with that, just little bits and pieces here and there is adding in dance into, into my normal, you know, band routines or halftime routines. And then during kind of the pandemic, when there was, um, you know, everyone was at home, I really kind of thought, you know what, I, uh, da- dance videos are really popular on Instagram. And I was like, I, I-, I had followed a bunch of uh, dancers in the like street dance community. And my idea was like, what if I could, um, you know, do some of these like dance challenges and make every dance move, like with the baton. So it wasn't just like, you know, this one moment of dance in my big, you know, two minute halftime routine. It was like ev- every trick was a dance move with the baton. So that was um when I really started working on it. And I just kept adding stuff, you know, adding footwork dance, adding gliding, across the floor like adding break dancing with the baton um and then yeah and then the, the big thing was just the, the musicality of it too and i think that's what marching band helped a lot with coming back when we came back for the 2021 season my goal was to now start making like really choreographing the routines to the music and, and doing these dance moves on the field and it's just been an evolution ever since um and now i've worked on you know adding gymnastics into it doing you know i've tumbled with the cheer team at asu at basketball games to doing like gymnastics with the baton, um, doing freestyle dance with the baton, entering like dance uh, dance battles, so freestyle dance battles, and always doing with the baton. So that's kind of the history of like how the evolution started, and we're we're, we're still in it. I'm always adding new things and um, trying to mix other art forms into my baton probably, like So that's kind of like the backstory of kind of where I am today and where I want to go.
2: So cool. I think static is the is the word you absolutely could not use to describe your style. And I think that's really great that you've been able to keep it new and interesting and switch it up for something you've been doing for 15 years. I mean, like a lot of people, especially with sports, they'll get bored because it's the same thing over and over and over again. But because you do an artistic sport, you're able to mix it up like that, which I think is super, super cool.
1: Right. I I told you to the nail on the head kind of when you said like, yeah, it kind of gets almost boring. It is a good word. You know, you see a lot from a lot of these competitive athletes um they've done it since they were super young they get a lot of burnout and they're just ready to be done it, it i think it was so cool to be able to incorporate these other art forms because it was almost it's like being a beginner again which is so much fun because you learn you learn so much, anytime you start something new any new skill the most you learn is right in the beginning and it's so
2: too. it keeps you humble
1: yeah absolutely oh it's 100 because now it's just like yeah again you're you're just you're starting like from like from the ground level again but it's cool because i baton is just it's so cool because you they mix together i think that's the coolest thing about mixing things together is that you have this foundation i or in this case i had this you know foundation of like a really high level competitive twirling but now i was trying to the fun part was trying to figure out how to mix the you know these dancing and, and break dancing moves with that um you know competitive baton twirling skills i had
2: was the, sorry, Avantika, I'm sure you have questions too. I'm just thinking of a bunch for things like adding in the breakdancing and the gymnastics. Was that intimidating at all? Like, Oh, well, I'm not a gymnast. Like I, I can't do that. Or were you like, you know what, let's try it. Like, were was there any intimidation in there for you? And especially like working with the cheer squad who they've been doing gymnastics since they were little.
1: Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm also, I'm like, a, I'm a perfectionist. I'm really hard on myself. So sometimes I get frustrated when, you know, things don't look exactly like I want them to look or they don't look like people that have been doing the thing I'm trying to emulate, you know, for years of their life. So, yes, definitely at times that's why I kind of have to just remember like, well, I'm only I've only been doing this for like, you know, a year this, at that point or like, you know, even just two years, you know, I 12 for 15 years. So when you put that in perspective to so like this just kind of started working on these new things just like two to three years ago um it, that definitely just helps and just helps you remember that yeah you, these people have been doing it their whole lives um I'm kind of just getting started but the cool thing is, is along the way is i like I've been to some like circus competitions and even dance competitions and um you know I've done my you know hybrid kind of art form and the, the nicest compliment I've ever gotten from people um is if someone said to me were you like were you a dancer first then you added in the baton and I was like, "Oh, whoa, that, that's." really big compliment just because like the dance to me is like all self-taught too it's not like I've had someone that's you know I've had so many baton coaches over the year that that have got me to where I met with baton but the dance and gymnastics is really um almost kind of self-taught so that that was a huge um compliment and also one of my favorite things is when I'll be at like a baton competition and and someone will see me and they'll start they'll like like oh you're the guy and they'll like move their feet and like kind of like do the dance (laughs) stuff so that that's um something that's really cool just because it's like again yeah it's like it was my kind of idea to mix the two. So kind of being known for that is a uh, really, really, really cool. It makes me feel really good.
2: Yeah. Cause it's cool because you're not only well-known within the twirling community. I mean, you're well-known at ASU. I think you probably walk across campus and people know exactly who you are. And especially you have your bag with you all the time. So right. he's also, he's also a celebrity on campus. And then I think it's really cool. So because you're inspiring people in the twirl community to like do things outside of, you know, the norm, very traditional baton twirling stuff, which is really cool. And I wanted to ask you about the, what you mentioned about musicality and coordinating your choreography with the music. Is that something that you think is normal for baton twirlers? Like in general, that you're always thinking about the music and stuff, or is it, how do you think it's different for you? Or how would you kind of describe that kind of situation, like relationship to the music with baton twirling?
1: Yes. So I think for most collegiate and high school baton troilers, um, there definitely is a level of musicality, but I think it's in a, a general sense and it's not um, super intricate, if that makes sense. I think, yeah, they're doing maybe their bigger toss tricks on like a big, like in a chorus in a big, you know, transient moment, um, or they're, you know, doing slower rolls in a slow part of the song. So it's, they do, they do, I think, think about um, the music, But I take it, I feel like, to like a maniac level.
2: (laughs) We've talked Uh, about, I mean, in the dining hall, you'd pull up the recordings and like have a super specific idea for the super specific moment. And you would even ask me questions about music. So like it is like a craft for you, like crafting your choreo for sure. Yes,
1: I I think I've been really interested. I've always been interested in music theory. I've never, never played an instrument but I've always been super inspired by music. That's one of the reasons I started doing the mixing the baton twirling with the other art forms and the, and the break dancing and the footwork dance. Cause I felt like I can, I can basically kind of hit beats, hit melodies, um, hit percussive elements with the dance moves that I couldn't previously have done with the baton twirling. And so, yeah, I've been super interested, you know, um, been around marching bands for the past eight years. So, yeah, I picked up a lot of um, kind of some music theory stuff. And I asked a lot of questions. Um, th- and, I, and I try to incorporate a lot of, yeah, the music theory into my choreography. Like I'm thinking about, like we did an Elvis show and, and it was 12 Bar Blues. So the lyric structure is A, A, B. So I tried to, I, I mat- matched that lyric structure with the baton section I was doing. So I did the same section, repeated it twice for the two A's and then did a different one for the last B. And I'm always asking, on uh, occasionally I'm around the saxophones a lot, so there's times I'll, I'll ask um, just, yeah, questions about the music, questions about the, the, the licks or the riffs we're playing, and I just try to um, uh, really uh, match it up uh, perfectly just to what they're doing and how they're playing. That's what I always say. It's kind of cool. I feel like I'm, I'm a musician in that sense that I'm not playing the music, but I'm playing the baton, and I'm, I'm the visual element of trying to bring to life every note and uh, every riff.
0: Definitely. And I'd like to say that's extra commendable because it's so easy for you to go off and do your own independent thing. It's like you have all the freedom in the world to make whatever choreography you do, but the fact that you reel it back in and that you're focusing on what's going on around you on the field, I think just adds to the show element of your performance. And so everything comes together really well
2: yes and like and you're and you're super friendly too i mean i think mm-hmm. it would easy like we talked about like being humble like it would easy for you to like have a big head and be like well i'm not talking to these band nerds i'm a world <laughs> champion <in Ireland." laughs> but you're not like that at all you're super no. friendly, you talk to everyone i think you have friends in all the sections of the band and especially like we've had our solely squad moments yes So been so so we fun should, and I that's. You should, like, should
1: explain that to the people that um don't I know what that means. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. What show? That was uh, 2021. We did a Queen of Soul. We did an Aretha Franklin yes. show. Yes. And uh, in respect, in the um, you know, it's like a like a tune, The saxophones had a soli moment, which is like a solo with multiple people. Yes. And I was in the drill, um, kind of near you guys, but not really. It basically, again, for the people, what basically happened, will you explain, Casey, what happened, like where you ran together? Yeah, to so
2: front. so like Cody said, a solely is, instead of a solo, it's one person, it's a group of people. So it's a small group within the larger ensemble. So as a section, all the saxophones, we ran to the front because we had a really cool lick, but a, like a long lick sort of section. And so Cody was near us, and so he kind of... I don't know if you ran with us or you just came and moved your drill to be closer to us.
1: Yes, yeah, so I wasn't supposed to really be <laughs> with you, but um, I was kind of in the vicinity. So I was like, "Oh, this would be cool to like bring." You know, that's also a big thing you know I learned in high school. Marching band was my our band director would kind of always put us next to like the soloists in the music because it would bring the visual attention to that's that that musical solo moment. So I was like, "Okay, this would be cool." Uh, I thought I, it's a cool moment in the show. They're all running to the front. What if I ran? with them and then stood kind of next to them into in this solo moment and um it was a super fast um like staccato like you know lick like you're talking about so i did a lot of super quick footwork uh quick dance moves to match their music and then right when they finished we all ran back and we got to perform that show um at a lot of different places in our football stadium and we got we got to perform it a lot of times so i always uh Yeah, I always ran over and we all, and we called ourselves, I I coined the term, I think, the Sully Squad. Um,
2: And there's a video of that on Cody's Instagram. He's Cody the Scroller. Go follow him. And he (laughs) has a video of that if you want to scroll back. And it passed in review. Cody ran into me. Or we ran into right. each other on the run off, <laughs> off stage.
1: Yeah, it was actually it was the beginning. Yeah, the beginning and, and review is basically yeah. our end of the year um, marching band show. We do it in the basketball arena at ASU. Like a concert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a, exactly. It's like a concert. So uh, and then but f- and, and usually how it works is the band is playing and then in the center they'll have like a space and then every like each song it could be it, they'll have a visual unit. For each song so it could be the spirit squad in one during one song and then one about you know baton twirler during another one and then uh you know color guard during the next song but in that moment all the saxophones ran to the center and i uh we tried we practiced it the day before in our rehearsal and it went really well and then with the, we, all, we only practiced it once and then the second the night of the show um
2: yeah we all you? ran
1: a little bit slower <laughs> and i uh with my baton i, I hit occasions okay, i think it was like your phone uh holder on our saxophone yeah you hit my liar was, so you
2: no know, damage was done but didn't it didn't it throw was... either of us off we both okay. we're <laughs> professionals over here exactly.
1: Right. yeah we, we made it work
0: <laughs> yeah okay i'll shut up Avantka, you yeah i will jump in with the question so i know the answer to this i don't know if you already so my Laptop went crazy. I was sitting outside in the 100-degree weather. Did not like that. So now we're back oh, in the AC. Sure. Um, but I know your story of getting into baton twirling is really cool. Have you mentioned that yet or not yet? Like how you were even introduced to it, why you decided to go into that?
1: I have not. I'll tell okay, the story if let's you hear want. Okay, Yeah. So um, my parents are both golf instructors. And so obviously they would take me – naturally they take me to the golf course, you know, when I was younger – they have, a junior, they have a junior camp, junior golfer camp program, and I would go to that, and um, basically it, instead of hitting golf balls, a lot of times, you know, I would start just like twirling my my 7-iron or whatever club I had at the time, and, um, you know, my mom saw what I was doing. Um, she had a baton when she was a kid. She didn't like compete or, or anything, but she, she just played around with it, but she knew what I needed, so... She went and she found me a baton and then she found me a coach and, and that's how I got started. And I mean, the interesting thing is, is I was, um, apparently, I mean, w- right when I was started at seven, cause I had been practicing, you know, kind of before I went to my first lesson with this coach and, and she said I was doing tricks that like, you know, people that have been twirling for a year are, aren't even doing yet. So it was like, it felt like it was, it was meant to be definitely that it was like a lot of the skills were already inside of me. And like, I found, I found it, I found the sport of baton twirling. And so, so yeah, that, that's kind of the story. Golf yeah.
0: I think that's so crazy that you start off in this whole different sport that no one would ever relate to twirling, but somehow, like you said, you guys, you found each other. It's where you're meant to be. That's really cool. Right. Yeah, and also, like, so lucky that your parents
2: were so supportive of that, especially, like, in a female-dominated sport. I feel like parents would be worried about you getting bullied or something for it. And so it's really fortunate they've, of course, have always been so supportive of that. Yes,
1: extremely supportive. Yeah, but that's always supportive since the beginning and supportive now. I mean, just they've always been to all my tournaments and come to my games and come to all the football games. So lucky, yes, absolutely, to be from the d- day one to have such such supportive parents. Been incredible. Yeah.
0: Yes. So if we pivot a little bit, I know right now you're majoring in something theater related, if I'm not mistaken. Graduated. Graduated. That's true. Degree, um, sorry, on a you were done now. Yes. Congrats on that. Yeah. Did you want to talk about what you majored in, what future plans are looking like? Yes, yes. I had a question before that is was
2: what you studied was that a part of your decision to stay at ASU? Because I know your major is super unique so was that also a factor in addition to the world?
1: yes it, it definitely was because um it, my major is um digital culture theater technology and basically what that is is kind of the behind the scenes of uh, of the, uh, uh, that's basically the behind, kind of like the behind the scenes of of theater right so like lighting design sound design um and, and, and yeah so the interesting thing about this is um A lot of schools have what's called, like you know, a theater program, right? So, like, they have like technical theater, um, and that's actually the major I was signed up to do in originally at ASU, which just it's called theater design and project uh, theater design and production. And um, what I found out pretty quickly is that it wasn't going to work out because what happens is is you have to be as a student in this, you know, major, you have to work on the school's productions, right? So you have to be like a, uh, a lighting designer for like one of the shows, like two, every semester. So the problem with that was is trying, you'd have to commit to like two weeks of technical rehearsals, you know, late at night and then doing the show for like two weeks. And I just knew with like marching band and my practice schedule... Other performances, you know, uh, all of that, basketball games, everything. It it wasn't going to work out because I'd have to. I wouldn't be able to commit to these shows. When you're, you know, when you're uh, working a role on one of these shows, it's not like you can just like miss a night here or there. It's, it's like you have to like commit to all of them. So the nice thing about ASU is because they have so many, you know, majors and fields. um, This other field became a lot. I didn't even know about it. You know, when I came to ASU, but it's called digital culture, and it's very based in like. Computer kind of computer science and, and, and coding for design that's the forefront but then they have these concentrations like you know music um, theater uh you know art so basically what it allowed me to do was take a, have to take a couple of those coding classes and and coding for the design, but then I could do all the same classes that I would have normally done for the theater design and production major like it kind of has electives so it it really work that's why going to asu also was a huge you know benefit there i was able to do all the classes i wanted to take but not have that commitment to um you know working on the school productions so that was uh, invaluable to have that option uh, at asu
2: how did you get into theater design like behind the scenes stuff did you kind of fall into that in high school do you have like a friend that dragged you into it or had you always kind of had that in mind like how did that happen
1: Yes, so my older brother. I had
2: time for that, first of all. With all your trolley, how'd you have time to think about anything else? <laughs> Literally.
1: Yes, so no, that's the reason is it's been around me since I've been really young. Uh, my older brother, Colin, he has always done this um, technical side of things, and he's done a lot. I mean, he started off um, like in video, you know, recording and editing, and then he kind of got uh, animation. He got really big into music production and that's what he really thought he was going to do. He wanted to be like a recording engineer. Um, so that's like someone who records, um, you know, bands and artists and, and records them like in the studio and then mixes down, uh, the files, for like the albums and, and the uh, EPs and stuff. So he thought he was going to do that. Um, and then he kind of got introduced to the live side of production. He did a lot of live sound that introduced to the live side of things. He really loved that aspect of things. Um, And then he got into, you know, doing, he worked around all theaters in Arizona doing, you know, lighting, sound, projections, just, like, everything. Um, And then his big goal was uh, we're huge Cirque du Soleil fans as a family, so he always wanted to work for them. So in 2019, uh, he moved to Las Vegas and got a job with the Michael Jackson 1 Cirque du Soleil show, where he now still is, and he does projections for them. So basically... um, the technical side of things, so, and again, he's done audio editing, video editing, graphic design, um, all all this, all this technical stuff. So I've grown up around that. So I've always been interested in that. We went to the same high school, actually. We're um, and, and um, basically, so we went to the same high school. So he was always known for being like the guy, you know, doing all the like sound and stuff uh, at the school. So I kind of took on that role. So I would do all, like, the sound and lights for, like, my school's, like, uh, you know, assemblies and guest speakers and, you know, what have you. uh, Kind of just being, like, the auditorium, like, technical person. So that's why I got interested in it. And then I definitely wanted to keep, you know, doing that. It just made a lot of sense at ASU. Because that's something I also see, you know, down the road is um, I want to keep flying professionally is my goal. But I see doing a lot of, like, freelance lighting design, sound design. And then I see, you know, after baton twirling being like a lighting designer, maybe being a lighting designer for Cirque du Soleil or something um, like that. So that's kind of how I got into it.
2: That's so cool that you like followed in his footsteps, but then like diverged and kind of made it your whole whole own thing, which is really cool. And then if you know, if Cody didn't do enough, he's also in Barrett, was in Barrett, graduated with honors, did a thesis where he combined baton calling and... Lighting, production, and design, and everything like that, if you want to quickly, like, run us through your project, because that was so cool.
1: Thank you so much. Um, yes, and, and this is another thing. It's just crazy how things come together. Again, I was kind of hesitant to – I wasn't interested in coding, like, at all. When I came to ASU, it kind of, like, was intimidating, right? So um, – but doing that, going through all these classes – at the very end, for Barrett, you know, we have to, do, the Honors College, we have to do a, a year-long honors thesis. And I was kind of thinking about, you know, what could I do? How could I, what could I do for this thesis? So I was like, okay, you know what? I have this interest in, you know, obviously all the lighting and sound, my major, right? So, and then baton twirling, how could I combine the two together somehow? That way, you know, I thought that this would be a cool thing. It'd be something exciting to work on, you know, for a year and to write about, you know, the process. So I was like, how can I do this? And then, um, you know, I had the idea, how could I uh, somehow like have the baton be controlling like my like lighting maybe or something like that. And so I started working with some professors in the School of Arts, Media and Engineering, who is the major, who's the school of my major. And, you know, we started brainstorming ideas and I started thinking, you know, maybe we could like track the baton with like infrared cameras, like motion capture stuff and, explaining you know that was gonna to be too hard but at the time there was a um, professor there uh, professor Dr. Seth Thorne who' was teaching a wearable music class which basically was all about um, taking his little like tiny little uh, kind of like l- super tiny like like computer board that like try have like an accelerometer on it and like a gyroscope and his class was all about taking that data and like making music with it and he was like oh we could probably like put some- something like this on the baton. And it just snowballed from there. Uh, We basically got uh, one of these little, like, uh, orientation sensors that had a gyroscope and accelerometer onto one of my LED batons. And uh, basically, after the year-long project, we figured out how to take all that data and make music live in a modular synthesis program. And then also change lighting design live you know, all from the same computer and all of this is happening from the batons movements so it, it was a culmination of like all my four years of education and, and baton twirling uh, mixed together into this like multimedia con- lighting and sound controlled by baton twirling so it, w- it was really cool and I'm super glad that I did fall into this major in the digital culture because if I was if I was in the regular you know theater design and production major that would have just taught you know just the skills of the lighting and stuff it wouldn't have taught all, all these classes were all teaching about how to, like, code these microcontrollers and stuff that I use on the baton to make this project happen. So being in that major made the whole thesis project possible.
0: As if you didn't already reinvent twirling with adding the dance. Now you added this whole other element of sound and light and all of that. So and it's innovation.
2: Cool literally, the on- you're the only person in the world who'd ever done this, right? Like, yeah. literally.
1: Yes. Yeah. First, first baton, Florida. Like, yeah, have the baton control um, lighting and sound and stuff. And we, we see doing a lot more with it. We want to keep working on it. I mean, even like for one of my final projects in uh, Dr. Seth Thorne's class, uh, my 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 thesis committee chair, Kimberly Professor Kimberly Swisher, we were talking. We we're trying to figure out what we could do um, for like a final project. And, and she's like, I, I got it. She's like, the day of the final project is May fourth. She's like, you have to build a lightsaber with the technology of the baton. So we, I went home that night and like looked up how to make a lightsaber, like in a, in it like with this, like a, like a synthesizer. And I figured out how to get like the lightsaber hum. And then I had it to where like, if I move the baton fast enough, like the accelerometer would trigger a lightsaber, um, like turning on sound effect. And I uh, kind of matched that with the lights, of the baton turning on red glowing. And then when I moved the baton, it, it made the lightsaber hum and, um, Yeah, lights, and then I had it so like if I was twirling faster, I would scrub through like a lightsaber fight sample of audio. So like if I twirled slow, it'd be like really slow motion, slow audio, and if I twirled faster, then the lights match that. So um, we see being able now we have the technology, we can do a lot more stuff where we can remake songs maybe with it and have lights go with that, or we can you know obviously we've already done things where we're making melodies and like bass notes and changing the bass notes when I catch the baton. So. We've done a lot, but we want to do more. So it's yes. exciting.
2: Super cool. Again,
0: video is on Cody's Instagram. You can yes. go watch a clip of it and it's super, super cool. Awesome. So like we said, you've reinvented the whole twirling phenomenon as we know it. And you said that you kind of want to continue professional twirling. Um, is there anything else that you're looking forward to that you want to mention? Any cool things coming up for you?
1: Yes. So yeah, I actually got um, invited to audition by Cirque du Soleil. Uh, earlier in the summer, or early June, um, and yeah, auditioned in Las Vegas at uh, the Beatles Love Cirque du Soleil Theater at the Mirage, and it went really well. I, I passed into their uh, database, which is basically where they pull artists for current shows and, and new shows and special events. I've actually already done a special event with Cirque du Soleil um, just a couple weeks ago, so kind of hoping to get more opportunities with them, waiting to hear about that, maybe get with one of their shows. But I'm also working on some other things in the where I could redo my baton twirling professionally. But you kind of have to stay tuned to, yeah. to see what I do there. But, um, yeah, working on some stuff.
0: That's awesome. Congrats on all the circus du Soleil things. I know that's incredibly competitive. That's so cool. Thank you so much. Also, also, I know it's, like,
2: been your dream, like, to do stuff with Cirque du Soleil and also because your yes. brother's super involved in it so i saw that you would posted some stuff and i was like oh did, is he doing it now did you finally get it so i'm glad you have your in now and the door's open and you're just kind of waiting to see yes. what you can do but i'm that's cool you got to do the special event so that's i think what i saw was you posting was the event
1: yes exactly yeah that's one i just just did and, and, and yeah yeah definitely excited to see what what i get to do next
2: yes we're all all anxiously waiting now that it's you know you're gonna be separate from asu not involved with us anymore it's gonna be really exciting we're all we're all on the edge of our seats waiting to see what you do next (laughs) What new thing you do that's completely unique and revolutionary
0: (laughs) so lots of exciting things coming up i think we can wrap up this episode with our song of the week i'm interested to see cody what you want to say because you are so involved in the music world but um, I can kick us off because Olivia Rodrigo just released a new single. Oh, it's oh it's basic, but we have to say it. We can't let this go unnoticed because okay. her last album was such a hit. And so everyone's been waiting for this new song. I personally thought it was okay. Like a six out of ten, I'm sure as I keep listening to it, it's gonna grow mm-hmm. on me. But as of right now, I think her last album like really hit it out of the park, and this one she she's still trying to live up to that hype. But it's called Vampire by Olivia Rodrigo.
2: Yes, Cody, do you have yours ready? Because I still am thinking of
0: mine.
1: Yes. No, the one that's been just I've been listening to the most, <laughs> it has been stuck in my head is that TikTok song. The what is it? The Makeba. The the Can I Get a Ooh wee That TikTok. Yeah. Song. <laughs> So I, i've listened to jane's music a lot in the past um but that one's like <laughs> that one tiktok's tiktok's done its thing where it's got that stuck in my head so i've been listening to that by the most out of the last like two weeks
2: that's a good one. Yeah. Oh my gosh now i have to go look what have i been, what have i even been listening to i'm a creature of habit i always listen to the most oh okay we're gonna have a throwback that i definitely mentioned like a year year and a half ago as a song of the week but since we have two playlists it'll just go on this playlist too But it's (laughs) by Russian and featuring Raul Alejandro and Chris Brown. So it's half Spanish, half in English. And Chris Brown's verse is fantastic. Um, So, yeah, I was reintroduced to the song. It was like, you know, when you rediscover a song you used to love, that happened to me like a week and a half ago. And so I've been listening to it a bunch. And so, yeah, it's a great song.
1: Nice. I'll have to go listen to it.
2: Yes, you got to go listen, go to the playlist, because we have a Spotify playlist, right. but it has all the songs of the week on it. So you can go listen to what everyone has that all our guests and then what Avantika and I have been loving as well. Very cool. Yes. So thank yeah. you Cody, for being on. We appreciate it so much. Thank you for making the time. I know it's been difficult. You know, life of a yes. it's hard to pin you down. <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate you being on. And I think I can speak for Vontica and I that it was was great having you on and to chat and catch up.
1: Thank you. It was so much fun. Yeah, glad we finally made it work. And yeah, so much fun talking to you both.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, we'll stay in touch. Good luck for everything that's coming. And thank you again.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to Staccato. If you're listening on
2: Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us some stars and a review telling us what you think.